The World Tomorrow. Herbert W. Armstrong brings you the plain truth about today's world news and the prophecies of the world tomorrow. Well, greetings, friends. This is Herbert W. Armstrong with the good news of the world tomorrow. Well, it's about time that we began to learn which is the right church. Of all these churches, of all these church denominations, you know, we go along taking them for granted, and very few, except to be a little bewildered, once in a while stop to ask, which is the right church, and how can we find it? Can all of them be right, and all of them disagree? Now, we've been looking into it for a number of broadcasts here, and we have found that the true church, Jesus said, I will build my church, and he did build his church. And his church we find described in the Bible. And we find that it was the church that was called the little flock, and nowhere was it called or was it prophesied to become a great politically powerful organization or a number of denominations, all of them powerful in this world and all of them having part in this world's affairs. But rather, it was a church that was going to be persecuted. It was a church that would have customs and practices altogether different from those that we find in the world of the churches today in this world. It was a church that believed exactly what Jesus taught, which was exactly the opposite of the fundamental beliefs and doctrines that are accepted in what we call the Christian churches today. How did these churches that call themselves Christians ever get to have doctrines and beliefs, the things that they believe are true, that are diametrically opposed to that which Jesus Christ taught, I ask you. Now, my friends, there's no use in becoming offended. I just say, let's look into this thing and let's see what is the truth. We've been born into this world. We have grown up in this world taking all these things for granted. We sometimes need to pull back the curtain on the mystic past and see how things got this way. We suppose that the churches today are just like Christ started them. And my friends, they're following customs and practices and ways that are diametrically opposite. The churches today are following the customs, the practices, the ways of ancient paganism, and not that of Christianity. Not that that the Apostle Paul talked to the Gentiles. The Gentile churches raised up by Paul, they all practiced exactly the same thing that Jesus had. They followed in his steps. Today they think they follow in Jesus' steps, but my friends, they do exactly the opposite. Not in every detail, but in most of the really important and, and in so many of the basic principles and the fundamental ways that it's about time we began to look into it. Now, the true church is made up of individuals that are really begotten by God, they're the begotten children of God, and they are led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead them to believe exactly the same thing that the Holy Spirit led Jesus Christ to believe and teach, and that the early apostles did, and that the churches raised up by the apostle Paul really believed. My friends, you can look in the book of Acts. You can look in your Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see what Jesus preached. You can look at the churches today and see whether they're preaching and believing exactly the same things, whether they're following the same customs and doing the same things that they did then, or whether they're doing altogether different things. And then you can look back in history, and you can see that the pagan religions way back before Christ were practicing the same things and believing the same beliefs that the churches believe today and call it Christian. 
Now, as I said in the last two days we've been on this thing here in the twelfth chapter of Revelation, we find in the twelfth chapter of the book of Revelation the history written in advance in the form of a prophecy of the true church, the church that Jesus did build. I read you before the prophecies where Jesus said, and Daniel the prophet said, and Paul the apostle said that the church would be scattered. We've read in the book of Acts where it was scattered even in that day. I've given you the history of how it was scattered. Now, here it is in Revelation. And we found in verse 6 that this church, along in the very beginning of what might be called the beginning of the Middle Ages, anyway, it was a few hundred years after Christ, the church is called a woman here, and woman is a symbol for a church. We've gone into that in the last few broadcasts. And the woman, which is the church, and this is the church that Jesus built, fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. And as I've explained, in prophecy, during the time of Israel's punishment, a day is a year being fulfilled. And you find that back here in the fourth chapter of uh, Ezekiel and Back in, I believe now, it must be the 14th chapter of uh, Numbers back there. But in the fourth chapter of Ezekiel, and also back in Numbers, you find that a day is a year being fulfilled. Anyway, that was during the punishment of Israel. But when we come to prophecies down in our time now, in this 20th century, a day is a day and a year is a year. Because we, we find twice here that the church is persecuted and had to flee. Well, and once she flees, the other time God's going to take her. Now, the woman fled. I want you to notice in verse 6, that's the true church. And the church fled into the wilderness. Now, when she fled, she went on her own power. That means that they, they went perhaps afoot in those days. And when a person flees, that person is really running. They're not walking. They're running. And the church fled into the wilderness, into the desert and the mountain fastness, clear away from ordinary civilization, where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. Now, she was fed on the spiritual food of God. And God had prepared this place, and that we find the historic evidence of all of that. But now, notice, after that 1260 years, and that began, well, to tell you the truth, I don't remember the exact date, although we've had it, we've even published it. But anyhow, it carries us up to the time of the present. And there was war in heaven. Now we're coming down into the approximate present. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. Now, in verse 9, we find that the dragon is that old serpent called the devil and Satan not pagan Rome. The dragon is not any human being at all. This dragon is the devil, and uh, who deceived the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels cast out with him. His angels, like himself, have become perverted in all their ways, and they are now demons. Now, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Michael is an archangel, and he has angels with him. And Michael is the archangel that has been assigned to protect and to guard the United States of America and the British Commonwealth of Nations, and also the democracies of Northwestern Europe. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Now, turn back to Daniel, and you see the same thing. I read this yesterday, but I want to go into it in a little more detail now. 
Now, coming down to the time which is yet in the future, events that have not yet happened, described between verse 41 and verse 45 of the 11th chapter of Daniel, the longest prophecy in the Bible, it's a time when the coming revival or resurrection of the Roman Empire, a United States of Europe, will plant its headquarters in Palestine, and probably in Jerusalem, at least it will be in Palestine, and when they're going to hear news coming out of Russia, and it's a time when Russia is going to hurl itself westward and destroy all of Europe. But a lot of other events are going to happen between now and then. Russia is not going to roll over into Europe now, or not in a number of years. Well, I don't mean a great number of years either, because as a matter of fact, if you understand the times, it isn't going to be any great number of years until after the second coming of Christ, and this will all precede that. Some of you have attended religious meetings, church meetings of some kind, and the people talk about the Lord might come yet tonight, and are we prepared to meet him? Well, I was attending meetings like that years ago, and at that time, I believed too that the Lord might come, even that same night. Well, I had a lot to learn yet at that time. I was very young in the ministry. And, you know, if we can't keep growing, if we can't keep learning, and if we can't keep unlearning anything that is wrong, we can't continue to grow in grace and in knowledge, and we're not going to be ready. We're, that is, we're not preparing for the kingdom of God, and we're not going to be born into it. But we know now, my friends, that a number of things must happen before the second coming of Christ. Very great changes are prophesied to happen that must happen to the nations of this earth. A very great thing is to happen to the United States. Do you know what is prophesied to happen to the United States? Well, you know, God tells us we're wrong. And the very first thing that Jesus said when he came preaching was, Repent! And the very first thing that the apostle Peter said on the very first inspired sermon the day the church of the New Testament began was, Repent ye, and believe the gospel. That is the first thing he said when they asked him what to do. And the Apostle Paul preached repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the way to find God is to forsake your way and your thoughts, because they're not God's ways or God's thoughts. you find that in Isaiah 55. And that's the way to find him. And that is to repent. Repent of our way, because sin is the transgression of the law. You know, Jesus said, this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, which is truth, which he brought. But men love the darkness rather than the light, and that's true. The most important thing for you to read, that you can possibly get or that you've had in your lifetime, is to know what is prophesied to happen to the United States. It's going to happen before the second coming of Christ. And I want to tell you, it's the most colossal world event that has ever shaken this world yet. And I want to tell you that World War I and World War II were little tiny things, uh, little uh, firecrackers going off by comparison. It isn't any little thing. This is not just some sensational thing. This is something real, and it's going to hit you, and it's going to affect you and your family and your household. And I want to plead with you, with all the sincerity that I have, my friends, you'd better know and be prepared because it doesn't need to strike you, but I'm telling you by the authority of Jesus Christ, it will if you're indifferent and if you just neglect it and if you don't care. 
There is going to be an invasion later after this thing happens to the United States of the Russians going into Europe. And that is going to cause the headquarters of this European combine that is now underway and rising up. And we've sent men to Europe. They've seen it over there. They're going to move their headquarters over to Palestine. And at that time, Michael, the archangel, will stand up, the great prince that standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. Now, that's just before the resurrection, which is mentioned next. Now, when Michael stands up, there's going to be a time of trouble. When he stands up, he stands up against someone. Here it is in Revelation 12, verse 7. There was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon is the devil. And so Michael and his angels are fighting against the devil and his demons. Now there's a time of trouble such as had never been from the beginning of the world, nor ever shall be again. Well, Jesus described that time of trouble. Matthew 24, verse 21, Then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. That's the same time. Now notice, he said, except those days should be shortened, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. And above, he had said, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you, and you means the saints, and it also means our people nationally. Now then, get back here to Revelation 12, and you will notice that the saints here overcame him, the devil, with the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, they loved not their lives unto death. There's where many of them are put to death. This thing is the wrath of Satan, the devil. It's on the church. The great tribulation is not something the church is raptured away out of before it happens. The great tribulation is coming on the church. You've been hearing a lot of false teaching and false doctrines, and I tell you, my friends, you better blow the dust off your Bibles and study them for yourselves and see who's telling you the truth. Now, just because I tell you that this uh, this rapture theory of a secret rapture before the great tribulation is false, don't take my word for it, but I do say open your Bible and begin to study it for yourself and see where the truth really is. Now, notice. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath. Whose wrath? The devil. This is the wrath of the devil. The devil is causing this tribulation, because he knoweth he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted who? This woman, this church, the true church that Jesus built. It's the one the devil is wroth with. It's the one the devil is angry with. It's the one the devil is persecuting. That brought forth the man-child Christ. And to the woman were given the two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is to be for... Now, this is a literal three and a half years. My friends, you better be accounted worthy to escape all these things as Jesus promised in the 21st chapter of Luke and to stand before the Son of Man. Which church is this the devil is so angry with? Which church is it he's persecuting? The one that had to flee into the wilderness, not great organized powers, not all of these sectarian denominations and divisions, but verse 17, the dragon who is the devil was wroth with the woman, the true church of Christ, and went to make war with the remnant, that's the last generation of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's the church that keeps the commandments of God and has the true testimony of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.coglittleflock.com.